Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. All right, I'm very excited about this. Mitchell Schwartz is here. We have him here because there is no person that knows and understands food that I personally know better than Mitchell Schwartz. He is a trained chef. He is cooked in other countries. He has a YouTube channel, Mitch in the Kitch. So this is how this started, Mitchell Schwartz, and this is how I told Rob to reach out to you. Yesterday, I was critical of Quick Trip, and I love Quick Trip. I at least want to be clear, but if I go to Quick Trip, I'm usually getting the food off the rollers, like I'm getting a taquito or I'm getting the buffalo chicken roller or something like that. Or I get the breakfast sandwich. You know, over on the right-hand side, when you get your gas, you can just grab you a a little breakfast biscuit, grab you a drink, and go on about your day. I didn't know that people actually ordered food from there, and that was a little surprising to me. Rob swears by this food. The text line also swears by this food. So I was like, you know what? I'm going to give you $30. I want you to place the orders of the food that you think we should get, and let's ask Mitchell Schwartz if he wants to come in and try it with us. So that's how you have been roped into our let's try food from Quick Trip. Yeah, there's no roping in. You offer free food, and I'm excited to try it. I love Quick Trip. I mean, that's the gas station I typically go to. I haven't had any of the hot food. I tend to stick with chips and candy and that's what donuts I and stuff like that. So, uh, yeah, this will be a first for me, too. All right, Rob, what would you like for us to try first? So first off, what do we have here? Because I think we have four separate things. I know I'm owed some money back. You're telling me these four things cost $30? The four things I was sent I sent out to get are the mac and cheese. I got a brisket taco. I got a grilled cheese and a chicken bacon ranch flatbread. Does that look like the four items in front of you? That does look like what we have in front of us. What would you like for us to try first? Okay, I, I'll tell this to Mitch. I told you earlier in the show. My caveat was I like when I go order this and then hit the condiment bar, kind of zhuzh it up a bit. I'm not doing that. This is the neutral. This is the baseline. This is what, and if you like it, you can go to Quick Trip and condiment it up the way you like. Let's start with, I like the brisket taco the best. Let's start with the brisket taco. Okay. All right, we're trying the brisket taco. How much is one brisket taco at Quick Trip? I honestly do not know off the top of my head. It's not a thing I have committed to memory. But it's something that you like. So you mm-hmm. have ordered the brisket taco before. I have ordered the brisket taco before. All right, let me try it. I would say before digging in, the thing that stuck out to me, so it's a soft flour tortilla. It's pretty large. It's larger than, like, the little small tacos. It's, it's a pretty girthy size for a, a city that likes their food, so I'll give them credit for that. 
I will say, when I eat it, again, the judge it up thing, I add a little bit of jalapeno, some salsa. If they have the nacho cheese available, I put a little of that in there. But you guys just eating the plain Jane brisket taco with, as Mitch said, the flour tortilla. Mitch, you want to go first? Sure. I mean, it tastes good. I wouldn't say this is going to win any awards at American Royal. The texture looks way more like pulled pork than it does brisket. So I think they're... Whatever they're doing, getting some smoke on it, my guess is they're probably, you know, braising it or, or doing something to get it super tender and kind of shreddy, um, more so than I think we would associate with traditional barbecue. But opening it up, there's cheese, a fair amount of cheese, and there's some seasoning, maybe some rub that they sprinkled on after the fact. It's a brisket taco, but um, as you said, in a town of barbecue, I'm not sure that you'd go out of your way to get this per se. You know what? I'm pleasantly surprised. I actually think this was okay. It was not great by any means. Like, I've certainly had better brisket, and it was maybe a little sweeter than I thought. Like, I thought the rub was kind of sweet on this. But you know what? I I might have to start this off by apologizing to Quick Trip. I can't see how if you condiment this thing up, you put a little sauce on it, you put some other things. I could see myself eating two or three of these things. I would probably give this, this was a solid 7.5 out of 10. A 7.5 out of 10. I'm at least starting this off with I might have to take back a lot of the things that I've said about Quick Trip Eats. That was a that was a decent taco. I would agree that it's a decent taco. I enjoyed eating it. I would say it's hard for me to not compare it to the barbecue that's in town. And so I kind of hold brisket as the highest standard of barbecue in terms of how you cook beef and all those things. And Kansas City's known for its burn ends. So a lot of the places that serve burn ends or that have burn end tacos this flavor profile is good. It's it's hard to beat, like shreddy, tender beef with some seasoning and some cheese on a tortilla. Um, but it's not in the upper echelon. No, I wouldn't say that it's there. I would say that I didn't really consider it to be brisket either. I tasted way more pulled pork, as you said. It tasted much more like a pulled pork taco than a brisket taco. But you know what? I, I'm going to give the brisket taco a seven and a half. I was uh, I was very pleasant. I went into it thinking it was going to be terrible. That taco was not terrible. I would eat more of those. All right, Rob. That's I think it's important. The brisket taco, seven and a half. Mitch, what are you giving it? Out of ten, six and a half. All I right, think it's it's better than average, and it's something I would eat again. Uh, I don't know that I'd go out of my way to grab it. No, I don't think I'm, I don't think this is now going to be on my order. But till I. A good indicator of how I thought about it. I did finish it, so my, my no, half I, is I finished. I plan on finishing it. No, I definitely plan on finishing it. Is that the barometer we're using? Did it get finished? Someone I wants to know this. what the brisket taco retails for. How much is the brisket taco? I'll do that, Google. That might affect if I ever get another one of these. I would say I don't know offhand. I Googled it earlier, and it just said you have to order through the app. I don't have the app. I would say it's probably comparable pricing to a Taco Bell or a you know, taco fast food establishment. I don't think it's going to hit you over for like a $16 taco or anything like that. I would say without full knowledge, it's, I usually do this as a, in lieu of a fast food type of move. Okay. All right. I was just curious to know, uh, download the quick trip app and let's see if we can actually get some prices on these things. I'd be very curious to know how much that costs. How much do you think that is? I think that's probably a 329 taco. That's what I'm going to guess. Yeah. I'd go in the 259 to 299 range. Okay. Rob, it, is, it is good size. I mean, like I said, it's not the small ones. It's, I'd say, like the medium-sized tortilla. All right, Rob, what do you want us to try next? We have tried the brisket taco. This was the one that you guys were most adamant on because 
I mean, it's still it's still a little wild to me that you drive past Jack Stack and you go get the brisket taco from Quick Trip. I still maintain that opinion, but it wasn't as bad as I thought it was going to be. All right, Rob, what's next on this Quick Trip food journey? You know what? It's not my favorite item playing Jane, so let's knock it out the way because I'm curious your guys' thoughts on it. Let's go with the mac and cheese. Okay. I like the mac and cheese with a little brisket on it. A lot of people like it with a little buffalo chicken, but as I mentioned earlier, you try to do a little plain Jane down the middle. By the way, the brisket taco retails for $4.99. Mm. I'm not spending $5 on no brisket. No, I'm okay. So this mac and cheese that I'm looking at, it looks good. It's in a little uh, black container. It's got a nice layer of extra cheese on top that's melted in. It looks really creamy underneath. Are you... You're just getting side brisket at a gas station? So you can get that topped with br- mm-hmm. their brisket, their pulled pork, or buffalo chicken. And I got this plain Jane for the sake of neutrality. And when you do the brisket, is it texture-wise similar to that taco I that it's, it's the, more of a shreddy? I imagine it's the same brisket, yes. Okay. Well, let me dig in here real quick. All right, right now Mitch is trying it. We only have one plate. Rob only got us one plate here. I think that's an Odyssey issue, but <laughs> no, it's your fault. Bankruptcy. Now we don't have any. <laughs> we don't have any utensils anymore. We have no utensils. No, no, here I'm blaming Carrington. He put a thirty dollars budget on it. <laughs> no, I'm not supposed to re- supply the plates. <laughs> All right, let me try a little bit of this mac and cheese. So I went for I went for the bite where you get a little bit of that cheese topping because I do love that in mac and cheese. All right, I'm gonna try to save you some more cheese here. Oh, let me cut it a little bit. You can you can take what you want. You need the calories more than I do. <laughs> okay. All right. And, uh, <laughs> so I got I got the cheese topping. I got a little bit of the creaminess, and I'm gonna. It does uh, look very creamy. That it does. I'm gonna let you take a bite or two, and then we're gonna compare notes. All right. All right. Hold on. Rob, I'm I'm surprised. I might be giving it away a little bit, but. I feel like mac and cheese, especially when done right, doesn't need any toppings. And I feel like if you feel like it needs toppings, then the mac and cheese itself probably isn't good enough to warrant eating. So my thought on this is when I'm going to Quick Trip to eat, it's usually for a fast grab, something to fill me up, relatively cheap. By the way, the mac and cheese is two ninety nine. just so you know. two ninety nine for the mac and cheese. It jumps up a hair when you add some meat to it, but two ninety nine for the plain Jane. I usually am like, hey... Tied me over something tasty. I'm not looking for like a full lunch or I could do the mac and cheese and the taco type of energy, but that is not usually just plain Jane by itself. A little cup of it. All right. Go ahead, Mitch. I feel like you and I have had enough food together that I think I know what you're going to say about this, but I think it's good. I mean, it's, it's creamy, cheesy mac and cheese. I like the melted cheese top. It tastes a lot like, for me, El Pollo Loco is what we have back home. I think they're coming to Kansas City at some point. I would love that. They're really good chicken. And it just tastes like a kind of generic side dish from your favorite fast food place that has creamy mac and cheese. And I think that little extra bit of cheese layer kind of puts it over the top in terms of, like, getting it above a five or six, you know. I think it distinguishes it a little bit. So I, I really enjoyed it. I thought it was just very, very average mac and cheese. I don't think it was bad. I don't think that it was great. Maybe it would be better if you add some buffalo chicken. But buffalo chicken, if you add that to most things, it's going to be better. Or you add a little barbecue to it. I thought it was just pretty standard. That was, to me, like a, you know, like when you go to, like, a restaurant and you're just like, hey, I want a side of something. They just give you just a regular side of just mac and cheese. I thought it was I thought it was fine. So I'd probably give, like, a 5.2. See, I'd probably still go with like the six and a half because I think it is a regular side of mac and cheese. But to me, that 
is delicious, and I really <laughs> like doing that because I don't make good creamy mac and cheese like this at home, and if you're making it from the box, you can't get it quite like this anyway. So I think it's something better and different than what I would say is just like an average overall mac and cheese. So compared to its peers, it's probably a five. It's just right down the middle in terms of um, you know comparing it to, to similar styles, but in terms of like the general food world, I'd still give it, you know, that above average six and a half. Yeah, I took another bite. That's just an average. That's just, this is, just, just but it's, average it's to creamy me. mac and cheese with extra no, it's, cheese it's, on top. So that's, it's definitely creamy. Yeah. It's definitely creamy. I'm, I'm going 5.2. You gave it a 6.5. Yeah, I did. I like mac and cheese. I think it's, you know, a good enough version of it. And I'm not a top mac and cheese with something else guy. I don't want, buffalo flavor i don't want barbecue flavor i just want to eat a side of mac and cheese and so for me this accomplishes the task of like giving me a few bites of that creamy mac and cheese side and i wouldn't make it the star ingredient as well all right so we have tried the brisket taco from quick trip and i actually was a fan of the brisket taco we have now tried the mac and cheese rob i'm with you i certainly see how if you added some other things to it you might come away with all right hey some quick five bucks I understand it now. All right, we have what is this? Is this a flatbread left? It doesn't look like a flatbread. You it looks like a, a taco to chicken, me. Chicken bacon ranch flatbread and a grilled cheese left. Those okay. will be the two items remaining. Mitch, you're looking at this. This is not like a flatbread. No, that's it looks a, like a taco. To Carrington's point, this looks ex- this is the same exact presentation as the brisket taco. Yeah. It's the same tortilla and it's folded in half. So if anything, you could argue it's more of a quesadilla. Mm, yeah, no, that's I- that's what it looks like to me. This this does not look like a not look like a taco to me. Or a or a flatbread. This pizza is one of my one of my go to when I do go to Quick Trip for the food. Because it kind of looks like a pita. That's right, more of a, maybe a wrap type of energy. Yeah, maybe. But this is one of my this is one of my favorites when I go. It's four forty nine. So again, under five bucks. You know, you get a bag of chips at Quick Trip or maybe the mac and cheese. You're satiated for eight bucks. It's chicken bacon ranch. It's a straightforward flavor way flavor wise you guys can imagine. Four forty nine. No reason to be dislike it. Also. I do like their bacon. Like, it's a weird thing to say, but a lot of fast food bacon kind of stinks. I like their bacon a lot. This reminds me a lot of Jack in the Box bacon. If you ever get, like, the bacon ultimate cheeseburger, um, that's the vibe I'm getting in terms of, like, texture, look, and taste from the bacon as well. All right. Mitch, where are you at? I'm taking two, three bites of this uh, little pita concoction they have. I took one bite. I think the flavors are all there. You get the bacon, you get the chicken. The chicken's more tender than I would have expected for <laughs> gas station chicken. It was very tender. And it's pretty cheesy. I think they're a little heavy-handed on the cheese. The flatbread thing, it's not a flatbread. It's no, a taco or a wrap. No, I don't know why they call it a I was expecting a pizza. That's not a pizza. No, I, I was hoping you kind of get one of those, like, griddled, you know, panini press flatbread type, type of things. That would give it a little bit of crunch and maybe elevate the textural component, but... Um, flavor-wise, it's it's good. It's nothing spectacular, but again, this gets into the like. It's hard to beat cheese and ranch and bacon and chicken when it's all together with some sort of uh, thing that it's wrapped in. The ranch was a lot better than I had expected it being. You're right. The chicken was a lot more tender than I expected. It wasn't maybe as flavorful as I kind of like my chicken to be. I thought the flavor kind of came from the ranch more so than it came from the actual food. But it was fine. What's the price on this? Because that's going to affect four forty nine, four forty nine for that. I'd much rather have the brisket taco than have that flatbread. If, if if those are my two options, if you're telling me they cost the same, I'd much rather have another brisket taco than have the flatbread. I thought the flatbread was fine. I'd probably give it a 
Let me give it a 6.8. 6.8 for the flatbread. Really? Yeah, I'm I'm in the 5.5 five to 6.0 region, I think. Oh, wow. Well, I, I, you'd rather have the brisket taco. And yeah, no, I would. What did you rate the brisket taco? I had it as a 7.5. Okay, yeah. Uh, so, I don't know. I think this is beneath the brisket taco, and I had that at about a 6.5 or 7. So, to me, this comes in, you know, 5.5 five to 6.0. No, that's, that, that's definitely a line. You know, bacon can be a little bit chewy sometimes. You don't quite get the right pieces. Um, like you said, I think the ranch is really carrying this. And to me, if you need the ranch to kind of carry the dish, then maybe something else is missing just a little bit. Yeah, no, I'm with you. I didn't really get the the bacon. It wasn't it wasn't as much. I actually thought the chicken is kind of what the chicken and the ranch and the cheese are kind of what carried it. The bacon it was it was uh, it was not a main character, and that's what I expected it to be. Carrington, we're at the three-quarter mark. You were talking bad about Quick Trip around this time on the show yesterday. You were saying, boy, you got to be down bad to eat the kitchen food, this, that, and the other. There's still one thing left to try, but have you begun to backtrack, backpedal, rescind those comments? Because I'm not hearing 2.1s come out of no, your mouth. you're right. The food is a little better than I had anticipated, but I at least want to say this. For the chicken ranch thing, I'm going to need at least two of those for it to be worth it. That if you're going to tell me that I now have to spend 8 to $12 to kind of get my fill, I don't think I would get lunch from Quick Trip now that I've had it. But this is not bad. Like, let's say that you went to Quick Trip and I was like, hey, bring me back something and you brought me back this chicken wrap. I don't think that's bad. But again, if I'm ordering this brisket taco thing, Mitch, how many of these would you need where you would say, oh, I had a good lunch? You would probably need <laughs> at least three of these. I'm not spending $12 on these, on these three no, tacos. No, be 15 I think that was four ninety nine. Yeah, no thanks. Yeah, that's way too much. Yeah, it falls into the role of like, is it truly a substitute for lunch? Is it more what Rob's saying where it's kind of a pick-me-up throughout the day where it's a quick meal? But even then, I feel like once you kind of get above $8, you feel like you're spending enough to kind of warrant feeling full, like it's a full meal. And you would have to spend at least $8 to do two of these things, mm-hmm. whether it's a wrap plus just the mac and cheese by itself, which you guys both said you're not going to eat that by itself. Um, so now you're probably in the 10 to $12 range for just a snack that's not a full meal. I'm not doing that. So, yeah, that that's where it's it's quick food. It's good food, um, probably not great food. But I think it's priced in a way that's more similar to a meal replacement as opposed to like a midday pick-me-up. No, I'm 100% with you. All right, so now we are here. So this is what really started, and I admit, I was talking kind of bad on it. I just can't imagine you getting a grilled cheese sandwich from the gas station. Like, that. that's still mind-blowing to me. Mind-blowing to me that you would do that. So we have one thing left. We have the grilled cheese. Now, Rob is going to, he's going to put all kind of caveats. Oh, I normally put all this other stuff. No, this is the standard edition grilled cheese. You didn't, you didn't get standard. us the Brie and Fig grilled cheese? No. The, <laughs> to continue with what Karen was going to say, you can spice it up a little bit. You can get the brisket. You can get bacon. You can get buffalo chicken on it or pulled pork on it. You can also get it with Italian style with salami and I believe something else. How much is that? It's all in the same bowl. I mean, the more the fancier ones are more expensive, but the plain Jane run-of-the-mill grilled cheese is two eighty nine. dollars oh, Okay, that's not bad. This is the best value item so far, I would say. Yeah, I agree. I usually add the bacon to mine, and like I get some chipotle sauce on the side. But you guys can you enjoy. Really pl- do love quick trip bacon, I love don't quick you? Bacon, <laughs> quick trip bacon is good fast food bacon. So looking at it, the exterior looks pretty well griddled and toasted and buttery sheen to it, which I like. Uh, cheese wise, it looks like maybe shredded cheese was used, and it's 
three quarters of the way there in terms of uh, meltiness. But general looking at it, I think it's actually better than I expected. Let's dig in. All right, I'm trying this grilled cheese. This is the one that you were talking big bad about. Oh, you got to be down real bad to grilled cheese at the gas station. I still feel that way for the record. <laughs> Just can't imagine you go in there and you're like, man, you know what? I'm going to sit around. I'm going to wait for them to make me a grilled cheese sandwich. All right. I think I'm ready to give my score. Where are you at, Mitchell Schwartz? Took two bites, opened it up. One side is just a classic slice of American cheese. The other side looks like some sort of blend of shredded cheeses. Um, I'm going to give this a four. <laughs> I, I think it's a little below average. Um, the cheese does not have too much flavor. I think it could have used a little bit of salt. If you're ever making a grilled cheese at home after you griddle it and you get that exterior crusty, a little bit of salt is going to uh, up your game and people are going to enjoy that, especially on the outside as you're kind of biting into some fat and some salt and some crunch. That That's a really good thing. Yeah, this is solid. I mean, it's not like I wouldn't eat it. I'm not super picky about food. And if it was presented to me uh, as it is here, I'm still going to eat the thing. But I, I think it's a little bit below average. All right. I'm going to give this. Now I feel like I have to readjust my score for the mac and cheese because the mac and cheese was the worst thing that we've had today, in my opinion. Really? I would eat, I would eat this grilled cheese sandwich before I would eat it. The only reason Whoa. I'm going to give it a 5.3 is the bread had a little bit more had a little bit more crunch than I was expecting. It was not <laughs> soggy bread. It was actually a little crispy bread. Now, I'm with you on everything else you said. It was not a great buttery taste to me. I don't think it was incredibly cheesy. So this was just a standard So you're going you're giving it slightly above average. And better than the mac and cheese just because the bread was crunchy. No, you're, I, you're, you're admitting that the butter wasn't there, the cheese flavor wasn't there, the saltiness wasn't there. It wasn't there. But it's the mac, still above the mac and cheese. I just thought the mac and cheese was just very... Let me get the mac and cheese. I only took one bite. All right. Let me give it one more. All right. I'm just saying, for me, there is no chance that I would ever order that mac and cheese again. Like, this, this grilled cheese sandwich, if you had it with a decent soup, I'd be like, oh, okay, that's fine. I just thought the grilled cheese was okay. It wasn't nearly the amount of hype that they were putting on hold, it yesterday. Hold on. Did you just say they you had put a, a lot of extra sauce on it? It wasn't that good. Did you say if you had a decent soup? So you're going to go order a soup at one place to get the grilled cheese at Quick Trip just to make it no, work? No, what I'm saying is like if I had a soup and you just brought me a, a grilled cheese from Quick Trip, it wouldn't be that bad. It was just okay. I, all right. Now, now that let me, I'm going to go back. Now that we've had all four of the food items, Mitchell Schwartz. I'm going to give the brisket taco the seven and a half. I thought that was the star of what we've had so far today. That was actually a decent taco. I would give the flatbread taco slash quesadilla. Yeah, whatever that was. The flatbread wrap pita. I'd give it a 6.2, 6.5, somewhere in that range. I thought you, you made a really good point. I really like it just because I like the ranch. Like I didn't really like it because the chicken was good or the bacon was good. I thought it I thought the ranch with the chicken it was a good combination. It was fine. A 6.2. I'm going to give the grilled cheese sandwich. I'll give it a 5.3. I do think the bread was a star here. I thought it had a good crunch to it. I liked it. I got to give the mac and cheese a 4.8. 
I thought the mac and cheese was below average. I thought it was very, very run of the mill, very cookie cutter, very plain Jane. So after taking a couple more bites, I think I can see where you're coming from. I still don't agree with you. I, I still think it's good. I think it hits the creamy notes. It's got a cheesier flavor than the grilled cheese. I think maybe there's a little bit better salt content in there. I really like, again, that cheese top, and it kind of crisps up around the edges to give you some some textural contrast with how soft the, the noodles are, which I do like in a macaroni noodle. Um, I'm sticking with all mine. I think the macaroni and the brisket taco were the two best. I think the chicken bacon ranch came after that, and the grilled cheese. I just the, Last for you. You just... You have to have some flavor component. You can't. The only thing that's sticking out to you is the texture. No, the texture. And the texture did it for me. Toasted piece of bread <laughs> does texture. not supersede <laughs> butter, cheese, and salt. Now, I do think, on the whole, this is a lot better than I expected. Oh, no, hundred percent. This, as we've done taste tests before, is not even the best format to eat stuff. Where it's a little bit maybe later than what you typically would for something hot, and it still is is coming in at a pretty good clip. All right, you know what? This was good. I do have two football questions to ask you on the other side. I do want to get your opinion, but you know what? I want to now take the time to apologize to Quick Trip. I'm sorry. I was unfamiliar with your game. I'm I was unfamiliar now. I still think it's crazy if you go in there and you buy and you leave with $15 worth of hot food from Quick Trip. I do think that something has gone wrong, and I would advise you to take that money and go get you a better meal. But in a snack, in a pinch, in a, hey, I got dinner coming up in an hour and a half and I'm hungry now, but I need something to hold me over. If you got a brisket taco, that's not the worst thing I think you can do. No, I agree with you there. I, I still think, I don't know. To me, I just have an association with the gas station. Like, this is where I'm going for, like, snacks, like yeah, the chips, chips and, and all that stuff. So, to me, to walk in and, like, if I'm going to drop $5, I'm going to walk out with four bags of chips, you know? <laughs> you know, I'm not going to walk out with one brisket taco. Uh, so it's it's a little bit, like I said, breaking down a bit of the stereotype I have of what I would get in a gas station. So I do commend Quick Trip for uh, having some food that I think is pretty good, and I can see why they all have these in them. All right, coming up on the other side, I'll ask Mitchell Schwartz football questions. That's next. Keep it right here. It's The Drive. The Drive with Carrington Harrison, brought to you by Deep Esquale Moore. Car wreck? Get the money you deserve. Mike's got this on 610 Sports Radio and the Odyssey app. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Hey, everyone. Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us, and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. Kansas City is Justin Reed. You're listening to The Drive with Carrington Harrison on 610 Sports Radio and the Odyssey app. We got Mitchell Schwartz here. We just got done trying 
Stu from Quick Trip. I want to once again apologize to Quick Trip. I was a little unfamiliar with your game. The food was much better than I had anticipated. And I still don't take back that you shouldn't be getting $12 to $15 worth of food from there. But, hey, if you just stop in, get yourself a quick taco, a quick little something grab and go, you know, I don't think it's that bad of an option. It was uh, much better. Mitch, we need to do this more often. Is there like a fast food item that you've seen and want to try? Because I suggest the next time you come in, let's do Sonic has a pulled pork cheeseburger, which from Sonic, it's a pulled pork cheeseburger. <laughs> I can see going in a lot of different directions. We need to try that the next time you're here. Yeah, there's nothing that stands out, but I know there's always new menu items and there's always places I haven't tried, so... I'm down to do more of these. All right, I'm I'm down. Let's uh, we'll work with Rob and we'll coordinate it with your schedule. We'll find out uh, more uh, food places that we need to try. I don't have many football things to ask you. It is now the off season. What is like mid February like for a football player? Like, what are you now doing? Because you know you've won the Super Bowl and now you just have this time. There's no OTAs. There's no mini camp for a while. What is the average football player doing doing during this time period? Right now, the average football player is getting back into workouts, and uh, the Chiefs, on the other hand, they're probably still decompressing from the Super Bowl and taking some time off, especially now with the 17-game, 18-week season, pushing the Super Bowl back a week. You only get two months if you're in the Super Bowl. I mean, played whatever it was, the 13th or the 12th, and then OTAs come around, and it's like April 15th, April 20th, and you're already back into it, and when I was in my former employer, we did not make the playoffs, and we were pretty much always done on January 1st of every year. Um, so I would kind of, you know, take that first month off, and then you have from two to two and a half months, depends if you have a new coach or not. If you have a new coach, you show up two weeks early, which is terrible. Um, but you kind of backtrack, and, you know, if you have eight weeks to work out, that's pretty awesome. But, like, the Chiefs only have nine or ten weeks total and with how stressful these seasons are and with how banged up you get and how much playoffs you know this team has played over the past few years you definitely want to take some time off but you also feel kind of rushed like OTs around the corner and you feel an obligation to be in shape for that so there's a bit of a, a balancing act in terms of wanting to enjoy your success wanting to get away and travel and take some time off and then oh man it's already the middle of March and you know we got to show up in a month so this particular time is still low stress and it's still uh, get away while you can. You know, some of us can fly to Australia. Some of us can't. Um, but, you know, just kind of do what you can. I mean, it seems like the life, though, to be able to fly to Australia right now. And they have, you know, a news crew for whenever you land. And then you take your pop star girlfriend to the zoo afterwards. Seems like a really good life. That would be awesome, man. <laughs> I think they're both living their best lives right now. It's uh it's pretty cool to see. I mean, I don't think Travis, like you said, it takes a month for you to get back into it. I think it might take Travis two, maybe two and a half months for him to get back <laughs> in the lab and start practicing football again. Yeah, you know, he's going to have a lot of obligations, and it's pretty awesome for him that she's touring and that he can go experience that with her and, and probably go to places that he wouldn't have ordinarily wanted to go. I mean, a lot of the travel I do with my wife, it's kind of places that she wants to go because I'm – more content to kind of just stay around and hang out at home and all those things. And she's like, Hey, let's go here. Let's go there. Okay. And then it turns out there's a lot of cool places <laughs> in the world to visit. So, um, yeah, I'm sure he's going to enjoy, you know, everything, uh, that his success has brought him and as well, he should. Have you been to Australia before? That I have not. Um, there's a lot of places that I haven't been to that I want to go to, but 
That's that's a long flight. No, it seems like a lot. That's what. But I mean, at least if if you're flying his way now, you might not be flying <laughs> private to Australia. Nope. If you're flying his way private to Australia, you know what? It might not be that bad. Yeah, I just gotta find someone that is worth over a billion dollars that has multiple planes and uh, you know the twenty five to thirty million that I make just pales in comparison <laughs> to what she does. Um, yeah, that's that's. I will say the one thing that you know what athletes are making money for and all this stuff, the ability to fly private is kind of a game changer. And as much money as I made responsibly, it's not smart to fly private and to do it very often. So we don't do that. But to unlock that kind of different way of traveling, now flying private from here all the way there is, is pretty nutty. Um, but just kind of domestically to be able to, you know, pop to different cities and stuff, that is probably one of the best perks of, of what we do. All right, I have a couple of football questions to ask you. First off, the Chiefs have, I would say, a major decision regarding Chris Jones. Well, that's maybe two parts. There's the Jones decision there. There's a Snead decision. I guess the way I've approached it with Chris Jones, I felt like if if both sides were going to reach an agreement, that agreement was to be had last offseason. And with the back and forth and with him missing the first regular season game, I think Chris has made it pretty clear, I want to make market value. I think the Chiefs have also made it very clear, if I don't want to pay you market value, now that they can franchise tag him and they have until March 5th to reach that agreement with Chris Jones, how do you see it ending with Chris Jones? And do you think he continues to be a Chief? It depends what you think market value is. You know, he was offered somewhere between, I think, the top of the normal G-tackle market. I think it was Quinn at the time or one of those guys at around 24. And Aaron Donald was at like 31. So do you consider Aaron Donald to be top of the market or do you consider, you know, the other five guys that are just signed to be top of market? I kind of ran into this with Lane Johnson, who was kind of a weird case and always got paid more than a traditional right tackle would because – at the time, he was seen as like a quasi-left tackle, and they were going to sign him for the future, and Jason Peters was like 34, 35, and then he just kept playing until he's 40. Um, so we were trying to say, well, Lane's a right tackle. That's the top of the market, and other teams did not agree with that. And I think that seemed to be a discrepancy last year as maybe Chris wanted Aaron Donald money, and the Chiefs said, no, that's not the actual market, but we're going to pay you pretty substantially over what the rest of the guys make. Has that changed at all? We don't know. It does seem like... The outcome of the holdout was that Chris was more sorry for it happening or, you know, felt worse about it or however you want to look at that and maybe doesn't want that to happen again where I think the team would be okay with kind of holding to what they need to do. And obviously after, you know, some celebration at the parade, Chris made it obvious he doesn't want to leave. I mean, most guys don't. Um, so that's going to be the question. Is it if you argued for Aaron Donald money last year and now the cap's going up by 20 or $30 million, is it now Aaron Donald money – plus X percent, or is it Nick Bosa money, who's at $34 million a year as the top defense alignment? Um, so I think that's kind of the crux of the debate. Now, the funny thing is, based on how he played that last game for for the sack money, she just offer him a million and a half for every sack, and it's just all incentive-based. He'd be incredible. <laughs> he'd be incredible. He'd set the record. He'd have 50 sacks, and you'd pay him whatever, 50, 70-plus million that is, but probably be worth it. Um no, it's just a little funny thing. Yeah, I think it's going to be interesting. It's, again, going to come down to does he want a standard or a good increase over what the other top-of-the-market defensive tackles make, or is Aaron Donald the true top-of-the-market, and then does he want inflation increases on top of that? Because two years ago was his best season. That was his first season when you kind of dive into, like, the stats and the advanced stuff that he played more similar to an Aaron Donald level. Um 
you know, Chris plays a lot. He's on the field a lot. So some of the stats look really good in terms of the, the total volume of it. But when you look at kind of a snap-by-snap basis and the impact, um, he's had a lot of really good seasons where he's the second-best guy in the league or, or in that top five. He's really only had that one season where he was truly at Donald's level in terms of some of the advanced data. So that's probably the Chiefs' perspective, saying you've only done this once. We're not going to, like, pay you when Aaron Donald did this eight straight years in a row. Um, so it's interesting. You don't really know what's going on unless you're in those rooms, and we're not in that room. What do you think happens with Snead? That one, I just I, I just don't see them resigning him. We, we've never done that with a corner. Um, we seem to be able to draft and develop really, really well, and um, they kind of use money on the middle of the defense for whatever reason, even though, you know, historically – the data shows that linebackers and safeties are maybe not the premium positions to spend money on, but we spent it on Tyron. He turned the defense around, spent it on Justin Reed. We saw the impact he's had, spent it on Anthony Hitchens. Obviously, Bolton is coming up here, and I think when you're looking at what drives the other, is it the back end or the front end? I think you always kind of look to the defensive line first, and you prioritize, okay, well, the pass rush is going to make the DBs look better. It's, you know, relatively seldom that a DB unit is so good that it makes the pass rush look better and you need so many guys to do that and, and to be at that level so if we do sign Snead that's great he's definitely earned the money whether it's here or somewhere else it just would be a departure from how we've typically done it with corners and I would kind of need to see it before I thought that was what was going to happen that is our guy Mitchell Schwartz joining us in studio he came in here to try quick trip food and talk football Food and football, you know, we did two of your favorite things during this yeah. disappearance, man. I came, this is a good I one. saw, I ate. Thank <laughs> you, you conquered. To, I conquered. Thank you to Quick Trip and to Carrington's vast budget of uh, food he was allotted. Next time we got to have you pay for the food. <laughs> Whatever food we eat next Ooh, time, we got to put know, that on your tab. Uh, man, you might not see me until next season. <laughs> that is our guy, Mitchell Schwartz, joining us in studio. Keep it right here. It's The Drive. The Drive with Carrington Harrison. Brought to you by Deep Esquale Moore. Car, truck, or motorcycle wreck? Remember, Mike's got this on 610 Sports Radio and the Odyssey app. The home of the Royals is 610 Sports Radio and the Odyssey app. A couple people on the text line. See that, guys. Have you talked about the punter situation? Yes, we have, but you know what? We can do it again. Maybe you were at work earlier today. For those of you that missed it, Tommy Townsend, probably out of here. So he is a free agent. He hired Drew Rosenhaus to be his agent. And you know what that usually means. If you hire Drew Rosenhaus, you know you want to make as much money as you can playing football. And teams don't really like that all the time. So the Chiefs went out and they got Matt Ariza. You guys might remember him. He was nicknamed the punt god coming out of college from San Diego State. And he was involved in a, what's the correct term? Like off the field incident? Like, how would you categorize it? I mean, it was a pretty serious one. I mean, I don't want to downplay it at all. A woman accused Matt Ariza of sexual assault. He was then cut from his team. Eventually, there were no charges that were filed. Thing that I am reading, and I'm trying to catch up on this because I remember it, but I, it was kind of out of sight, out of mind. It doesn't sound like he was even there when this alleged sexual assault took place. So it sounds like he was falsely accused, wrongly accused of sexual assault. And the NFL, I think, has been very clear, and I will give the NFL some credit. I think they have done a much better job of late in how they handle these scenarios. He was 
pretty instantly cut from a team. He has now gone through the legal process. He has now completed the legal process. He was found with no wrongdoing in this incident. And in my opinion, you are allowed to move forward with your life. And if a team wants to sign you to a deal, you should have the ability to be signed by a team. The Chiefs are now the team that has signed Matt Ariza. So I don't really have any issue with them going out and making this move, especially for a player that was as successful as he was. I get it if you want Tommy Townsend to be here, but if you took, so his senior year, his last year of school, because he left early because he was that good of a punter. If you took his last year at college and what his average was, 56.78. If you take his average and he does that next year for the Chiefs, he will be the best punter in the National Football League. And we all know it is a talent acquisition business. If you got a chance to improve the, the your roster, you are going to improve it. And if you were telling me in one instance, Tommy Townsend, who made around $2.6 million, you hired Drew Rosenhaus, you're looking to cash in, and you should. You're one of the better punters in the league. And if the top punters are making $5 million a year, I want to make around $5 million a year. I'm not mad at Tommy Townsend. I'm also not mad at the Chiefs for saying, well, we're not going to try to bring you back, and we're going to try to get younger, cheaper, and potentially better at the position And given everything that happened off the field with Matt Ariza, given that there are some organizations that just simply wouldn't even take a chance on them for very different reasons, don't have the structure, maybe don't have the goodwill with the fan base, whatever reason, the Chiefs can do this in... We haven't seen terms of the deal. I'm going to guess it's somewhere between 750000 and maybe $1.5 million. I think $1.5 is maybe the high end of what you would pay him to come in and be the punter. I see why the Chiefs did it. It makes a lot of sense to me from a player acquisition standpoint. From an on-the-field standpoint, it makes a lot of sense to me. Tommy Townsend wants a bigger contract. Tommy Townsend was an all-pro. His last punt in Kansas City, in all likelihood, was the one that led to the fumble that kind of jolted the Chiefs' offense life in the Super Bowl. Tommy Townsend was a good punter in Kansas City. But if you hire Drew Rosenhaus and you're saying, hey, I want top-of-the-market punter money, while that's not the $30, $40 million other players are getting, if it's three, four, and five, and the Chiefs have a chance to cut down on pricing and save $4 million, on the field it makes sense to me. But I think off the field, despite the fact the lawsuit was dropped and the allegations turned out to be criminal charges were never filed, is the term I read in a report. Criminal charges were never filed. I do think it's worth noting I would be – there. not every team in the NFL would sign Matt Ariza because – even though he's been cleared of all the wrongdoing, he still is connected by name to a off the field incident that we now know to be not happened, but was problematic at the time. The bills cut him out of hand. They didn't, they didn't, they didn't weigh out the process like they're doing with Von Miller, by the way, they cut him immediately. I think a lot of teams would say, nah, he's not worth the risk. Still the chiefs for all the reasons you said, are willing to take the risk, probably in part because of a goodwill and equity they built up with fans. And if he's able to stay out of trouble and be the punter he was in college, just a great on-the-field move for the Chiefs. I just want to give you guys a couple of stats because I get it. You know, you know Tommy Townsend. He has nice flowing hair. I just want to give you a couple of stats that maybe this isn't the worst thing in the world. Last season, I'm simply the messenger here. Last season in the NFL, when it came to average he was 17th in the NFL last year. When it comes to touchbacks, and I understand you don't want your punter to always get a touchback, he was 17th in the NFL at touchbacks. 
I would say inside the 20s. That's a pretty significant statistic, right, Rob? For a punter, he was 26th in the NFL last year at punts inside the 20. He was 26th. I do not think that it is crazy to believe that the Chiefs improved at the position today and also did it at a significantly less price. That, to me, the question about Matt Ariza has nothing to do with his ability based on how good of a college punter he was. They nicknamed him Punt God. You know how good you got to be at something for them to nickname you the God at it? You got to be really, really good. They're not just doing that with average people when it comes to something. You got to be top tier, S tier, elite for them to call you the God at something. That's what they call Matt Ariza. The, The only real debate is about the off the field stuff. And I have no reason to believe based on what we have read that he is guilty of what that woman accused him of. I'm not here to speak out of turn about sexual assault survivors, not at all. But from the reading that I've done and what I understand about this case, there is no reason to believe that Matt Ariza done, had, did this. And if you are somebody that believes in second chances and innocent until proven guilty, he was not found guilty. He was never charged with anything. The district attorney who prosecuted said there's no reason to believe that he was even in the house when this happened. I don't think Matt Ariza did it. So if you are innocent and you are highly talented at something, you're allowed to go back and and get a job. So I don't have any problem with the Chiefs picking up Matt Ariza. I don't have any problem with it. And again, if you're looking at the numbers from last season, I don't know if Tommy Townsend is maybe as good as you remember. And I think that's one of the reasons why the Chiefs are perfectly fine to let him walk and let him leave in free agency. I trust the Chiefs to do their due diligence. Like under Brett Veach, has there been a player where you go, oh, he had some off the field issues. The Chiefs brought him in and the off the field issues continued. Or has it been a consistent stable of player comes in, might have some off the field troubles get your second chance here, and it's been all smooth sailing. It's very Patriot-like. Remember the Patriots used to take in you know, wayward players all the time, get them on the straight and narrow, and they produced on the field. Like Last offseason around this time, Chiefs fans weren't talking about Charles Minahu. He got suspended for the NFC title game with the Niners for an off-the-field incident. He took a six-game suspension. There have been no problems since. Willie Gay had some issues early in his career here in Kansas City. None since, but... He's been on the straight and narrow. I feel like the Chiefs are becoming the new Patriots in the fact that they take in these players. They're able to keep them, you know, front of mind for football only. You don't hear any off the field issues and they go on their merry way. It's it's nice to be that team now. Yeah, you're right. And I'm, I'm seeing people say, hey, Tommy Townsend was an all pro. And you're right. He In 2022, he was an all pro. He was worse in almost every single metric last year. Every single one. Like, there is not a single metric, and it was not a noticeable decline. Whether it was average yards per punt, touchdown, touchback, all of those things that we measure punters, he was not the same guy this past season. And the Chiefs are betting, hey, your contract is up. Like most people, when their contract is up, you are expecting a raise. We're not going to give you a raise, and we think we're going to do it. I'm on the Chiefs' side. Now, if you got questions about how his field goal holding looks like, this is not the show for you. I have absolutely no clue. I'm going to assume it's fine, or I'm going to assume that they got coaches and they got a lot of time to figure it out if his, if his holding is a problem. But when it comes to punting, he could possibly be the best punter in the league. Keep it right here. You're listening to The Drive. Coming up on the other side, we'll get to the top stories of the day in Kansas City. Keep it right here. It's The Drive. 
Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. 